Hoopball Podcast listeners. Are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for Hoopball? Do you have aspirations of covering a team? Are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones? Well, we've got good news. Hoopball's recruiting. If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. The following is a Hoopball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. I debated extensively this morning, Tuesday morning, on whether or not we should even have a podcast today. Ultimately, I decided that we will, but I also don't want this show to take anything away from what's going on elsewhere. And for that reason, the show will be posted to traditional podcast channels, but no promotion of it will be done. The hashtag on Twitter is Blackout Tuesday. I believe it's the same on Instagram. This is a day that you should largely spend listening. Not to me, but to the voices less heard, the marginalized, those whose message is more important than ours here on Fantasy NBA Today. I don't have a particular place. I think you should be going for that message. I think most of the people that you're following on social media are likely similar to the folks that I am. And there are great, great articles and videos that I would strongly suggest all of you check out and spend some time learning. Personally, one of the things I thought was an interesting way to further my own involvement was to actually talk to close friends of color. It's a difficult conversation to have on, I would reckon, both ends, but just understanding what people, what those who are maybe a little different than myself experience on a day-to-day basis and how that differs from my experience on a day-to-day basis is something that can only serve to help our empathy in a time like this. And I would say don't have those conversations out in the open. I mean, that doesn't need to happen on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Send a text message. Call them. And listen. Be a listener. Be an advocate. So with that in mind, we're going to have a relatively short show today. I'm guessing it will fall somewhere in the range of 15 to 20 minutes just because I have a couple things that I wanted to quickly get out into the ether here, the internet ether, and then we'll turn our page towards tomorrow's program. Uh, due to curfew here in Los Angeles, 
schedules got completely discombobulated yesterday. So I know the initial plan was to have our buddy Steve Vidovich on the podcast today. Uh, we were going to record that show Monday in the late afternoon, early evening. That time of day, however, was uh, repositioned to make sure that all of my loved ones who were here yesterday were home safely. Our child's nanny, my mother. It was my birthday yesterday, as you guys might recall. I know, big time party. And so the, the afternoon and evening guy got blown up a little bit. Um, Steve are gonna, and, and I are going to get that show recorded as soon as humanly possible. It's going to be a fun one. He's been doing so much work digging into the all the teams in the NBA. you got to read those articles over at Hoopball whenever you get a chance. Not today, but soon. So we'll talk to Steve. We'll get some lessons learned from a season gone by. That will uh, That will come out at some point. I'm hoping sooner than later, but again, you know, we're working with the the timelines that we have right now. More coaches and general managers have come out to support basically whatever the NBA comes up with, which is more good. Not that we need more positive momentum. I think we're fairly well locked into the idea that later this week we're we're likely going to get a go ahead from the NBA to fire things up. Uh, but Michael Malone, head coach of the Denver Nuggets, who I've been told prefers to go by Michael. So if you hear someone calling him Mike Malone, that means they apparently don't know him all that well. Michael Malone was talking about how he really, the only thing he wants to avoid is going straight into the playoffs. And so my guess is that he's not alone in that, and you'll see this you know, regular season pickup. Keith Smith, who works with Yahoo Sports and covers the Celtics, I believe, at times, he was the first to put out some of those notes weeks and weeks ago about Walt Disney World being the potential resumption site of the NBA. Nailed that before it ever happened. I guess he worked for Disney for a long time. Uh, so he has connections within the Disney group. And he put out a note earlier today that it sounds like their Coronado Springs facility is likely to be the return site. The Coronado Springs Resort, which has something like 2,000 hotel rooms, which ought to be more than enough given the number of folks that they're hoping to bring. It's got a 15-story tower, so you can separate people pretty well. They've got jogging paths, pools, boating areas, apparently very upscale. And I think it's relatively new. I, I, I don't know it that well. The last time I was in Walt Disney World was some six, seven, eight years ago for a baseball winter meeting, so things have likely changed since then. But I mean, the fact that they have the facility now picked out, it's just a matter of time. And the topic I wanted to spend maybe a few minutes on today is something that I mentioned on yesterday's podcast, and it's really, it's basically the only reason that we have a show today. And if you recall, on yesterday's show, I mentioned that even though I was fully aware, and this is still kind of a stupid thing, uh, I was fully aware that the timing was not great, but, you know, we... I was talking about it, and in the moment, I thought, all right, well, we guess we better get this thing out there. I put up a poll yesterday asking the internet in their most recent head-to-head league where the top two teams get a bye in the playoffs, which is generally going to be six teams advance, one and two get a bye, three plays six, four plays five in the first round. Which seed... Which team went on to win the championship? 
That was the poll that was posted yesterday. And I wouldn't say that the responses are in great enough volume to make a broad, you know, I take my left hand and I swing it broadly across the landscape. It, it's not enough of a sample size to say that this should be locked into stone. But the results are illuminating. What we mentioned on yesterday's podcast was that if every team that made the playoffs had exactly the same chance to win, then just simple math would dictate that first the first overall seed, who doesn't have to play in the first round, has to win two matchups. So they flip a coin twice. If it comes up heads twice, again, this is assuming everybody has the exact same chance to win. Every, every matchup is a coin flip. If the first team were to win two matchups in a row, you need to have heads two times in a row. So it has to go HH, and the odds of that happening are one in four. It's multiplicative. One half times one half. Same deal with second place. One half times one half. They play in two rounds of playoffs. Third, fourth, fifth, and sixth play in three rounds of playoffs. And so you've got one out of two times one out of two times one out of two. That's one-eighth. Same deal with fourth, fifth, and sixth. So if every matchup was a coin flip, the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth place teams would have a 12.5% chance of winning their league. First and second place would each have a 25% chance of winning their league. This is, again, assuming all things are equal. If that was the case, you'd have assumed the results of our poll would match that. First place would get 25%. Second place would get 25%. Third and fourth would get 12.5 each. Fifth and sixth would get 12.5 each. But at the time of recording this podcast, there have been some 150 to 200 votes placed. First place has received 43% of the votes so far. Second place, 27, which is actually very close to the 25 that we were surmising. Third and fourth combined, because Putter only gives you four options on a poll. Third and fourth combined, 21%, not that far off from the 25 that we would have predicted. Fifth and sixth combined, 9%. So what we're finding out here from these early returns, and, and again, if you if we had a couple thousand replies, I think we could probably plant our flag in it a little bit more than we can right now. But let's just let's analyze these numbers as though it was a much larger sample size. Because to me, this is big enough to make some small assessments that can probably considered relatively sweeping. Assessment number one: it's not a coin flip. I think we have enough data right now to say that not every matchup is a coin flip. Why is this the case? Well, simple as that. Not all six teams going into the playoffs are the same when it comes to actual strength of team. They don't have the same strength. Even if some of them are, which this data points to some of them actually being relatively tight, some are not. Remember, third place plays sixth place in the first round. Fourth place plays fifth place. And what you're seeing here is that, in general, because fifth and sixth combined to only win the league 9% of the time, 
They got wiped out early, generally, because things would reassess in the coin flip. If you finished the first round and it was like, okay, well, first and second place obviously are still in, and then maybe third and fifth place advanced, you'd assume fifth place now had a 25% chance of winning. Well, you're not seeing that type of result pan out. So at the very least, one of the assessments we can make here is that the top teams, first, second, and maybe even third and fourth, are better than fifth and sixth. It's not a coin flip when those teams are playing one another. I think you could probably also make the assessment that first place is better than second, third, or fourth. Generally, there is a team that is a shoulder above the other teams in the league. And if you don't want to go that far, you could probably say, well, first and second place are better than third through sixth. Even though right now, third slash fourth place at 21% is not that far from 25. And it's possible that if we were able to break this thing out into six actual choices, you might see third place at 12, which is the expected number, and you might see fourth place at 9 So maybe third is better than fourth as opposed to, you know, us lumping them together. There might be a relatively linear drop-off here. We don't have enough data to make that assessment. What we can assess so far is that the top teams are better than the bottom teams entering the playoffs in general. The numbers are bearing that out. By how much, we don't know exactly, but it's not a coin flip. And in fact, if we just made our lives simple here, We could say, okay, well, look, first place in this particular poll at 43%. How do you get to roughly 43 out of 100 with something being squared? What squared gets you to 43? This is how we're working a little bit backwards through math. It's something between 6 and 7. Why did I even do that math? Well, we need the numerator of our little math problem here. So something between 6 and 7 over 10. 43 squared is, I think, or sorry, the square root of 43 is something around 6.5. Something around 6.5. I didn't pull up a calculator. I know that many of you guys are listening like, come on, Dan, get your act together. Uh, just, just, just do the dang thing, and fine. 6.56. 6.5 would have been perfectly fine, people. This is my brain hard at work. So actually, what we're seeing here is that the first place team, it's not a 50-50 shot to win each of their matchups. Right now, if we don't break this thing out into smaller pieces, which unfortunately we don't have the ability to on Twitter and it would require a lot more research, they're really winning their battles more like 65% of the time. Even if we assume second, third, And fourth, in this particular case, even if we rounded those to 25 each, even if we said those were coin flips, first place all by itself should be seeing a larger chunk of the pie. The nice thing about this particular poll is that even if we don't fully understand how we got to these results, it does give us guidance on how perhaps leagues should be handling payouts. I've heard it suggested, and for a while I kind of went along with it, but now that I've thought it through, I'm changing my stance. I've heard it suggested that if you have, let's say you're in the second round of your playoffs, you only have four teams left, it should just be split quarter, 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 quarter. I'm actually okay with that, because now the first and second seeds have already missed their bye week. 
you could probably run a poll saying, what about leagues where the top four teams make the playoffs and it's just two rounds? You could find out how that breakdown is. But if you're in a league like so many where the playoffs hadn't started yet, or maybe you were actually halfway through the first round of your playoffs when the league shut down on March 11th, that is still the majority of leagues. The majority of 12-team leagues had not had any teams eliminated yet. And in fact, the Yahoo default was to have the playoffs start on the 16th. So most leagues hadn't even started their six-team playoffs yet. And so if I just look at my own head-to-head league, the one that I pay the closest attention to because it's I've been in it the longest and it's with personal uh, acquaintances and friends... There were six teams that were going to make the playoffs. There was a seventh team that was eligible at that time. You eliminate the other five teams right out of the chute. Easy enough. What do you do with the remaining seven teams? Well, what we're seeing now, based on the results of this, is that first place should probably be seeing maybe more like 40% instead of 25% of the pot. And maybe second place should be seeing more like 30%. Third and fourth place, maybe you give them the traditional one-eighth. That's another 25%. Am I at that number right? And that doesn't leave much for fifth, sixth, and seventh, if you're going to include seventh, because they just don't win all that often. And fine, you can dial it down a little bit, because convincing league mates, like especially if your commissioner is also the team in first place, convincing the rest of the league that it should go 40, 30, 12 and a half, 12 and a half, and then scraps is probably not going to go over well especially with the 5th and 6th place teams that were in the playoffs. But you can adjust that pretty easily. You could go 35 for 1st place, 25 for 2nd place, just give them the traditional coin flip number with their first round buy, 12 and a half, 12 and a half. And now you're at, what, we at 85 without accommodating 5th, 6th, and maybe 7th? Maybe you want to give 5th and 6th their buy-in back, which would be roughly one-twelfth of the final pot. That's about 8%, a little over 8% of the money. So get them their buy-in back. Give them an extra 10 bucks for their trouble. I don't care. 7th place gets some fraction of their buy-in back because they weren't in the playoffs, and frankly, most of those teams probably weren't going to make it unless it was really a dogfight, like they were one game out on the final week. And come up with a scale... That makes sense for your league. I don't think you're going to be able to go with verbatim the results of this poll. Like, I don't think you're going to be able to go 43% for first place, 28% for second. By the way, it was a vote while we were doing this. 28% for second place. It was a vote that came in for second place. 21 split between third and fourth, so 10 and change a piece, and then 4% each for fifth and sixth place. That's not going to go over very well. People getting half of their buy-in back that are making the playoffs. You're most likely going to have to give a profit to anybody that was in a top six seed. So here's the best way to do that. Give 9%. Give 9% to whatever bottom teams were in the playoffs. Fifth and sixth place get 9%. Whatever the hell your league's buy-in is. If it's 12 teams, you know, whatever. You you 9% of 1,200. (laughs) But... Do I have to do this? Do I have to do this math on air? 
Uh, oh boy, nine times twelve. Okay, that's one hundred and eight. That wasn't that hard. Give one hundred and eight bucks on a hundred dollar buy-in league. Twelve team hundred dollar buy-in. Give one hundred and eight bucks to the fifth and sixth place team to give them a small profit because they probably weren't going to win anyway. And that leaves you eighty-two percent of the profit to play with with first, second, third, and fourth. That's a pretty easy number to work with. Eighty-two percent. What do we think? We think you can do. Oh, I don't know. What's uh? What's twelve percent? One hundred forty-four bucks. Give one hundred forty-four bucks to each of those other two teams. That leaves you with fifty-eight percent for the top two seeds. Twenty-five for second, thirty-three for first, thirty-five and twenty-three. Whatever you want to do. But it should not. It should not be a six-way split. It shouldn't be a six-way split. Teams in third, fourth, fifth, and sixth place don't have as high a rate of winning their leagues as the team in first and second. It's just the way that works because teams in first and second place don't have to play the first round. Even if the team in fourth place is better than the team in second place, they probably don't have as good a shot to win because anything can happen. You throw one more weekly matchup in there and the walls come down. We're just getting ourselves ready because more than likely on Thursday, we're going to be making some final calls on leagues. Go vote, by the way. If you have a second to vote in that poll, would appreciate it uh, while you're spending the rest of your day learning, listening, being attentive, being a receiver today. Enjoy your Tuesday best you can. Let's better ourselves. Try to get back to normal tomorrow. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a hoopball presentation. I'm Dan Vespers. We'll see you later. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.